ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? Welcome back to another installment of the Rufus Rundown. Been a little bit of hiatus once again, but we are finally back and at it again in my depressed state after yet another fantastic Saints playoff loss at home. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, first and foremost, today's podcast brought to you by Vins Organics. Now, you're probably overpaying for CBD oil. You're probably over overpaying for your CBD rolling. You got joint pain. You got muscle soreness. What what do you do? Well, I got Vins Organics here. It's a natural herbal blend to help with joint pain, to help with inflammation, pain, strains, all of the above, for much much less of a price than you're gonna pay for for CBD or any type of other chemically compounded stuff that's supposed to make you feel better. Uh, all natural, all herbal. Smells good and it helps you feel a lot better. Um, and I had to give you guys my story before with the huge bruise that I had that disappeared in just a couple of days. Uh, a couple of different products that Vin offers as well too. So go check them out at vinsorganics.com and I'll link that in the description below. Uh, also, Elite Athletic Gear, uh, gear by athletes. For athletes, I used it all through high school. Still use it while I'm working out. I'm a big fan of headband. I think I've worn it on the podcast a couple times. Work out in it all the time. A lot of the gear, I'm a big fan of the sleeves especially to really help me through high school baseball and high school football. Um, so check them out over eliteathleticgear.com. Use the code Rufus Rundown for your 15% off discount. And then also Ethan Souza Design, as you can see in the little corner there. Let's get creative. Now Ethan's done a lot of my logos, and he's also helped me out with my second channel. Um, Ethan right now, he's uh, needs some sponsorships, needs some help for the upcoming Seekonk Raceway season. Um, and he's going to be racing in the number 30 car. I'm trying to help as much as I can. Um, but he is looking for sponsors too, so I'll link all that information in the description as well. If you check me out on my social medias, there'll be information for that there as well. Ethan's a great kid, really great kid. really helped me out with a lot of logos. Um, and he's a talented young racer as well, too, if you've watched any of his iRacing series or whatnot. Um, and I'll have a golf video coming with him pretty soon too. So a lot of things coming. Ethan, shout out Ethan Souza for helping me out with, like I said, all my logos and all my graphics and everything on this this channel. And my other channel that I'll be coming that I'll be talking about later in the episode. And also, to repay that, I, I want you guys to go, as many people as they can, to go help him out as well. I can only do so much myself. Um, but go check out all the information. He's a great kid. And he deserves any of the sponsorships or any of the help that you can give him for the upcoming racing season. So without further ado, let's get right into it with the NFL uh, Divisional Weekend. Your overreaction Monday, Monday morning quarterbacks. All of the above, we're here for it. Uh, still wearing my Saints gear. What are you gonna do? Uh, uh, like I said, we'll touch on that later. The first game I want to get into is obviously the Packers Rams game. We'll go right into order. Uh, Aaron Donald playing through torn rib cartilage, which is a pretty uh, serious thing to do. But I wouldn't expect anything less from uh, Aaron Donald and how good he is. Now, I mean, here's the thing. I think a lot of people over, like I say, a lot of people overreact. When Sean McVay and the Rams were going good, it was the greatest show on turf, Junior. You know, all of a sudden they were this unstoppable team with Cooks and Woods and Cup and people flying all over the place. And then it, and then they lost in the Super Bowl the way they did and everybody was, oh, Jared Goff this and Sean McVay that. They, they were right in the dirt. They threw those guys right in the dirt. Threw those names right down. L listen, it, it's not... It, it's somewhere in between, right? Because McVay, I thought was over. I, I was like, we need to pump the brakes. McVay's very, very talented, but I don't. I'm not putting. Oh, Jesus, I'm not putting him 
up on that. I'm not putting him up on that high pedestal. I'm not putting him up there with those top tier coaches. I wasn't yet, at least. I wasn't yet. Um, the same with Jared Goff. I thought he was a one, one read quarterback, and still is. He's. I still think that through most of the season, he has gotten better though. He's especially with the thumb injury has really gone through his progressions more. And I have gained a ton of respect for Jared Goff. The guy went out there six days after having thumb surgery and won a playoff game. And, and hung tight in there in Green Bay for as long as he could, too. And the same with Sean McVay, running Wildcat with Cam Akers and working through things. I, I think their defense is impressive. They're losing Brandon Staley now to the, to the Chargers, which we will get into as well. Um, but I still think this is a very young and talented Rams team that has more longevity than the other one had when they struggled after. This team is more sustainable through time, and I think Goff's going to get better. I really do think that Goff has all the arm talent in the world, and as he gets better with progressions and mentally understanding the game, they're going to be a better team for it. McVay's getting more experience and more play calling, and they have a lot of weapons on offense like Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Those are good, productive players, as well as Cam Akers as well. But like I said, I've gained a ton of respect for Jared Goff over the last couple of weeks just because him playing through that and the way they did. I mean, McVay winning that game with John Wolford, who we didn't even see again against the Cardinals, and then they upset the, the, the Seahawks with Goff with his thumb hanging on by two bolts in it. So... The play calling is very impressive on Sean McVay's end, being able to run the team the way he has. And like I said, Goff, especially with the summer, he's looked a lot better through his progressions. And people, I think people should gain a lot of respect for him for playing, playing the way he did and playing through the injury the way he did. And on top of the way he's played in general, I think should gain him a ton of respect from just general football fans as it is. But especially me, myself, I have gained a ton of respect for Jared Goff. Now, as a Cam Akers and the Wildcat. All that, he looks to be like a very solid weapon for them as he got adjusted COVID, no preseason. It was tough for some of these rookies to adapt and jump right in. Um, Akers, definitely looking to be that lead guy going forward for them. And like I said, sustainable for, sustainable for the Rams. Run game, defense, all that, all of the above, even more sustainable going forward. Um, and, and Matt LaFleur as well, too, as I check my notes. My notes are on the other monitor if I'm looking away. Um, LaFleur looks to be impressive, you know, working under McVay. And I have my and I have my questions about him. I had my questions about him because his his misuse of Derrick Henry early in Derrick Henry's career, but ever since he, he even him and Rodgers have really really vibed, have really made a connection. Devontae Adams has looked incredible. The run game looks good between AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones. This this Packers team looks to be the real deal. This Packers team looks to be. I, I mean, honestly, after the two performances I saw this weekend, could be. I, I think a lot of people's Super Bowl favorite. I mean, my Super Bowl favorite. I will get to later in the episode, but. You know, still very, very dangerous the Packers are because the defense didn't play too bad. And on top of that, Rodgers looks incredible. Rodgers is still Rodgers. I think I forgot about that for a little bit. I think I think a lot of people did, that, that Rodgers is still Rodgers. And I don't think he's any better. I don't think he's his GOAT that everybody wants to talk about, but I think that he still has time to become that. And he looks really, really good right now. Like MVP season by far. Josh Allen, love you. But Aaron Rodgers is the MVP by far. And that pump fake, there's just, just, just so much electricity that Aaron Rodgers can just call upon when he needs to. You know, he can just pace, 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 and all of a sudden pressure breaks out of the pocket, a couple side steps, a couple side shuffles, and all of a sudden he's throwing the ball 30 yards downfield. And they have a just, he's a really, really talented quarterback. And I think a lot of people forgot that at the time. Now that the defense is sustainable enough, now that they have a run game, you know, that they have a more balanced offense, Rodgers is really being able to show how productive that he can be. For, for this for this for this Packers team, I mean, we've seen it in the past, and now when they have a more balanced team again as well, it, it shows just a production of how good Rodgers can be because 
when he does all this magical stuff, it's not for loss. It's just, it is to break a game wide open. It is to win a game as opposed to just keep him in it. So it, it shows more of that patience with the offense, but it just still shows that, they, that Rodgers obviously still has that spark as as well. And rightfully moving on against the Rams there now, you get a healthy, healthy Goff. Uh, healthier and Donald would be a different game. I think it would. I think it would have been. Um, because I think the Devontae Adams still had success against Jalen Ramsey. Devontae Adams had a fantastic season. But, you know, we've seen from year to year Michael Thomas and now this. So it's, it's, it's tough for receivers to do it year to year. Devontae Adams has consistently been improving and really, really got into a niche this year um, in terms of relationship with, with, with Aaron Rodgers. So that's... 32-18, that was the, the Packers defeating the Rams. They will host the NFC Championship in a very cold, uh, I think likely snowing game against the Buccaneers, which normally probably would sound good, but Tom Brady's played in the snow his entire career in New England, so we certainly are going to have a... I mean, with the Bucks' run game isn't that good, but they actually kind of look good against the Saints, so we'll see. We'll, we will see... Um, what that's going to look like, I'll get into that Friday. Um, I don't know if I mentioned yet, the new schedule is going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three a week, three a week. I'm going to try to fit some blogs and stuff in there as well. I'm going to be streaming tonight as well over my other channel, which I'll, at the end of the episode, I'll get into um, everything going on with that. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it with the, the Packers-Rams game. Like I said, just the Packers probably going to look like a lot of people's favorites right now, especially after the way they beat the Rams. Very methodical, just solid victories by the Packers. You know, throughout you know throughout the season, as they built and kind of looked like they slowed down, but then I, I think are peaking at very much peaking at the right time. So now you get the the Bills crush Lamar and the Ravens. I mean, they crushed him to the point where he got hurt. The announcers jinx on Justin Tucker. I, I this guy never misses. They just clang, and then he missed again. Justin Tucker missed not only one but two field goals. I mean, given the win was something. And the rookie missed two as well. But Justin Tucker missing two field goals in a game is just Armageddon at that point. But uh, the Ravens made that the special team's mistake with, with, with his shanked punt. I think and the Bills just didn't even run the ball. Just threw the ball all over the place. But their defense was really able to, to contain Lamar. And really it wasn't until, it wasn't until the pick six. This game looked like it was going to be a classic playoff game with the way that it was going down, in my opinion. I mean, the Bills, I think the, the, the thing that's stopping Lamar was they ran a lot of contains. The defensive ends were responsible for keeping Lamar in the pocket. But when he can stay in the pocket and step up or just throw, like, he's still a very good quarterback. The interior defensive lineman for Buffalo put a lot of pressure up the middle and didn't leave a lot of room for Lamar to step up, which was where I think a lot of it came in. If you can successfully work contain and get pass rush from your interior lineman, you can have success against that Ravens team, and it showed with just just how the Bills played it in their 17 to three win. Um, like I said, it, it looked like it was going to be a classic. It really did look like it was going to be 10-10, and it might have started going back and forth. And then Lamar threw the pick six, and just wow, wow, what a miss there. I mean, hey, the, the Bills, the Bills got some magic going on right now. I mean, Josh Allen didn't really light it up, but you know, didn't like 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 a lot like like I'm gonna talk about in the the Tampa Saints game. Certainly didn't play to, uh, bad to the levels where they should have lost the game at all. They just Lamar could not run the ball at all, and like I said, the interior the, from the inside, the defensive ends really stuck 
well to being able to run the contain, keep Lamar in the pocket. And the interior alignment and pressure at the middle is where Lamar really struggled. They shot to the outside, held their outside leverage so well, and really were able to keep Lamar in that pocket. And I still, I still have faith in Lamar. And again, there was the overreaction culture there. I thought he... I, I was never sold on him right off the bat. I didn't think he was going to be a bad NFL quarterback. I just didn't think he was going to be an MVP. So he went from you know playing snaps at receiver and all the place being a gadget player to winning an MVP award because he fell into discipline. I wasn't ready to jump to that so quick. And everybody jumped, oh, Lamar this, Lamar that, and he loses the playoff game. It's somewhere in between. I still think Lamar is a great talent. I don't know what longevity he has. But within this Ravens roster for the next couple of years, I still think they're a very dangerous team. And it's not like people want to act now like we haven't seen anything like it before. There's been plenty of running quarterbacks, plenty of running quarterbacks. Cam Newton, you know, there's a difference between scrambling and running. He's a running quarterback. You know, Rodgers is a scrambler. Mahomes is a scrambler, and he's all banged up now. Maybe he runs a little bit more than he should. Ro like I said, Rodgers, Mahomes, scrambler. Kyler Murray, I think he's a scrambler, not typically, not really set a running quarterback, but you can call Kyler Murray a running quarterback. Jalen Hurts, that's a running quarterback. I think there's a difference between scrambling and running. Lamar is... I think, to my mind, determined to be a runner. And, and he's a very good one at that, but how long can he sustain that? I don't know. But he still has a lot of arm talent, I think, and I think he's going to continue to develop the next couple of years. And the more that they expect that run and he can really make a couple more throws, the better off they're going to be. So, like I said, the Bills still my Super Bowl favorite. I mean, I, have, I don't know if I've come on the podcast to say that. I've put it out on Twitter. That's the only tough thing when I'm inconsistent with this. I come on and say... They're my favorite, this and that, and I've never said anything on it, but like I said, the more I'm trying to get more consistent. I don't know how long I've been saying that in here before, but the more consistency is going to be the big thing. So so next we got the Browns and Chiefs. The Browns falling short to the Chiefs, 22-17. The Chiefs certainly knocking off the rust early, really flying down that field, looking good, looking like the Chiefs that we know that we hadn't seen the last couple weeks. I had taken the Browns in this one to move on because... I don't, even, even as good as Andy Reid is off of a bye, I just, Mahomes hadn't played in 21 days, and even the days before that, he hadn't played well. Those guys needed some reps, I think, some game reps in that last week. They didn't get them, but it doesn't come back to haunt them yet. I'm not sure. If, if Mahomes is healthy, then yes. If he's not healthy, then I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't, obviously, I do know they're not going to beat the Bills with Chad Eddy. And they might not even beat the Bills with Mahomes, in my opinion, right now. But we're here to talk about the Browns game, right? We're here to, we're here to review the weekend and not predict anything. So, the Chiefs certainly knocked off that rust, and they needed to. They needed to come right out. The Browns, the first, they, but the Chiefs on that, you know, their opening drives early really needed to get going on offense, in which they did. The Browns kept it close enough. Sorensen leads with the helmet, and he fumbles as a touchback, but the contact was created by a crown of the helmet hit, which is unreviewable. In this, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of these old style football people, always oh, getting flagged for hitting too hard and all this stuff. Listen, that is the rule. You can't leave the crown of the helmet. We talk about player safety, and it's not even reviewable. It's reviewable in college. Targeting, crown of the helmet, all that stuff. Not reviewable in the NFL. All about player safety and everything, and the fact that I think it was game-changing really did change the ref. If that happens at the 30-yard line, I think undoubtedly it's called leaving the crown of the helmet. But because he fumbles it for a touchback and it was a change of possession... The refs froze. The refs absolutely froze on that. And that is a damn shame because the Browns would have been right in it. And ended up getting into it anyways. But if you look at the way the score was, should have won that should have won that football game. Absolutely game-changing call there. 
But the thing is, Stefanski even said the rule is not to extend to the goal line. Bill Belichick has said in the past, too, don't extend to the goal line when it goes out if your gripe's going to be with the touchback rule. It doesn't make sense, but when you do get into it deeper, people might start fumbling forward from the five, trying to fumble it out so they can get it on the one. Not likely that that stuff happens. Is there a way to adjust it? There might be in hindsight. I don't know if they do. I don't know. Would it be game-breaking? I don't know. I'm on, I'm on the NFL Rules Committee. I'm sure the discussion will take place. I'm sure the conversation will be had. But just then, it's not an effort thing. It's just a matter of ball security. It's just a matter of having that presence of mind. And the Browns still had plenty of chances in that game to come back and score, to come back and win that football game, even with them being screwed over by that call. Tyreek Hill, I thought, was contained for the most part by Cleveland. I thought the Cleveland defense did contain Tyreek Hill to a pretty good extent. Um, he still got his his catches, but it was the amount of run after catch and it was the amount of the depth in which he caught those passes. I thought they did very well in keeping him protecting the sticks with Tyreek Hill, at the very least, very well. You know, it's not, I mean, up right, just out Andy Reid with a ballsy, ballsy call. Just huge, huge call on fourth and inches the way he ran. Did that with Chad Henney. Chad Henney with a big run on third down. But the fourth and inches call... Wow, what what a call from Andy Reid. And it just shows how relevant coaching is for these teams. I mean, all these teams, even with a backup quarterback in, you know, are still very cl- are still very close in terms of physical talent. Just general, like, talent at the NFL level is all very, very close. But it comes down to play calling. It comes down to, you know, not beating yourselves. And again, I'll get into that. We're in Saints gear. I mean... And as much as the Chiefs could have had struggles without Mahomes or anything, when it came down to him, Andy Reid had the right play call ready to go, had faith in his guys, and they, they made they made the play. They made as simple as that. They made the play. And it shows it shows you how important coaching is at that level, especially in these games, and the ability to take care of the football too. Uh Henny threw that awful interception, but still the ability to call that play at that time is really, really commendable by Andy Reid, and it sends the Chiefs to another AFC championship game. Will Mahomes be Ready for it? I don't know. I don't know yet. I don't know if he clears concussion protocol. The, the dude could barely stand when he got hit. Uh, it wasn't a helmet-to-helmet contact. It's when his head hit the ground. It just happens. Uh, but the dude, he must have caught it right in the butt in the right way, and he could barely stand up. When he had to get helped off from the from the concussion. I thought it was the foot. I thought it was a knee or something. But it, it turned out to be a concussion, which has to scare you if you're a Chiefs fan. So we'll see who gets, I mean, I'm sure Henny will get a lot of the first team reps because it's going to take a while for Mahomes to clear. I think it'll take at least till midweek for Mahomes to clear. And that game will be coming up very soon. So, like I said, I'll get into predictions later, probably probably Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I think the NBA will be mostly what I cover Wednesday and the NHL restarting as well. So there'll be something to talk about there. And now we get into the real fun game. And I'm sure the game that everybody is looking forward to me talking about it is the Saints losing... 30-20 to 20 to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the question coming in the game was, could the Saints do it three times? I mean, as, as much confidence I tried to show out there on social media, I didn't think we could do it three times. Plain and simple. It, it, especially against a guy like Tom Brady. But I did think that there was a chance that Arians was going to stay stubborn, try to stay vertical. And for the most part, he did. They could not complete deep passes. Defensively, we played so... The Saints played so well... And but Brady nor Breeze played well, and it, and it, what it came down to was the matter of the fact of both teams just waiting the other one out. Who it, it was waiting for the other person to flinch. It wasn't a matter of attacking. It was a matter of letting the other team beat themselves, which eventually the Saints would do. Uh, but Dante ha- De- 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 Harris for me 
Looks like Tyreek Hill Jr. 5'6". Really, really quick. If he can stay healthy, looks like, looks like Tyreek Hill Jr. for me. Really starting to make an impact there. Out of assumption, the pride of Worcester um, making impacts for the Saints. And we'll see what the future holds for him because I really do think he can be Tyreek Hill-esque with his speed and explosiveness if he continues to work in this offense with Sean Payton. Um, the opening field goal after that punt return, though, is a huge miss. Not getting six there and punching it a touchdown already was just not enough for the momentum swing. If they did that punt return, went down, got the touchdown, absolutely would have meant the game for the Saints. Would have absolutely given us so much more of a leg up than a field goal. The field goal was a relief, was a breath of fresh air, was like a deep, you know, deep exhale from the Buccaneers. A touchdown would have would have really put the heat on early and would have forced the issue for us. And the field goal and not getting six points there is a huge, huge miss. I thought Traquan Smith looked pretty good coming off of uh, the injury and the COVID and everything and whatever it may be because you don't really know what's going on with the NFL players. They get injured, then they're in the trainer's room, then they get COVID. Traquan Smith was finally back and played very, very well in his role. I mean, Sanders played well. Michael Thomas just could not separate at all. That was one thing I noticed is that he just, could, he just couldn't separate. I don't know if he's still injured or what it is, but Michael Thomas just lacked the separation. And I don't know if he's part of the future here in New Orleans. I, I think that's something with the way the cap situation is going to look next year. With the contract Michael Thomas signed, will they try and offload it somewhere? Will they hang on to him? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure if that's something to cover as we get towards the offseason. But like I said, Brady nor Breeze played well. Uh, the people saying Brady looks like he's got five more years in him, I don't know what game you were watching. Because Br Brady struggled just as much early. If it wasn't for that fourth and one sneak from him, would have been three and out on his first three possessions. He did not look good early. And even throughout the game, it was gifted possession from the Saints. One, three, and five play drives. Brady did not play well. He outplayed Breeze, don't get me wrong. He didn't win, but he by no means did Tom Brady win that football game for Tampa. He just didn't lose it, unlike on the other end, our offensive side of the ball. Because defensively, we played fantastic. If it wasn't for the field position we gave up, no doubt in my mind. And I was, and from this same team, you could get Peyton Manning in his last year, the Broncos vibes. It's such a talented roster all around. Just don't lose the game with your quarterback. Drew, just, just do what you have to do. Now, given Drew was aging as it was and was losing some zip on the ball, was also playing through double-digit broken ribs, a punctured lung. I still don't think he was 100% healthy from that. Why we were having him, Why he was still having himself play through it? Just because that's who Drew Brees is. Plus, not to make excuses, he did. He played poorly. That's that's it. I mean, but the thing was, he didn't play poorly until a certain point. That Jared Cook fumble changed the game. That Jared Cook fumble totally changed the game, and then the Saints had to attack. That's not them. They play at their own pace, do their own thing, and they and they kind of panicked a little bit. They tried to. I think go too quickly to get the ball downfield and could not could not do what they like to do in terms of the pace that they play at and they put the pressure on themselves. I mean they just the turnovers were killer. But like I said, Brady did not win that game. Brady did not win that game for Tampa. I'm sick of hearing it. And it comes from all these Pats fans up in New England too, who are suddenly now the biggest Buccaneers fans in the world. Which is that in its own. I can complain about all I want, it ain't gonna change nothing. But it, it for me I'm not even getting into it. I'm not even getting into it. People hate me enough for, for my opinions on Patriots fans as it is, but they're the ones that are jumping on the Tampa bandwagon like they've been Tampa fans their entire life. My, my godfather, my uncle, legitimate Tampa Bay Bucks fan. No issue with him. No issue with legitimate Bucks fans. He's about the only one I know on the planet. So, be that as it may, the rest of these Pats fans, no. Nope. 
No, not hearing it. Not hearing it. Not hearing it. Tom Brady did not win that game. He did not lose that game, but he did not win that game either. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hearing it. Five more years sometime? He's got one more year. He's just trying to outlast Breeze down in some warm place down in Florida. That's it. That's all that's going on. But, yeah, it was clear the aging's been clear for Breeze. The writing's been on the wall for a couple of years now. And I think the injuries really played into the level of play that he had at the end of this year, too. Like I said, Tampa just outlasted New Orleans. They just didn't flinch first. And that's that's that was the big difference. I mean, the Saints, success, like I said, had success vertically, depending on the vertical passing game. It wasn't until Scotty Miller beat him when... Late in that game, but just really had success against the passing game in general with the two high safeties that they ran. Aikman was all over it, just really making methodically march down the field. And we're really stopping the, the Bucks in that sense. And they had that opening drive in the second half that they absolutely dominated. Biggest drive of the game by far, the Saints marched right down. The Jared Cook fumble was a huge third down conversion, and then he fumbled it, and it totally changed the momentum. Absolutely swung the momentum. And Tampa never looked back from there. As a Saints fan, I'm welcoming the Jameis Winston era. Hey, don't get me wrong. The biggest Drew Brees fan around. I think anybody who knows me knows that. That's a signed Drew Brees helmet. I wish him the best in retirement, I, but I think the time has come. I think the time had come even a year before this, but I think the time had come, and I think it's going to be Jameis to take over, and I'm excited for the Jameis Winston era to take over in New Orleans. Now, the cap situation, I'm not sure, but there's a lot of weapons around him, and I think that if he can take it, I mean, he can still he can throw for 30, 40 touchdowns. He can throw for... 4,000-plus yards. I mean, he's done it before. He's just done it with 30 interceptions. Being able to control I would take 3,500 yards and 30 TDs and 10 picks. Would absolutely take it. I think anybody would from Jameis Winston, especially for the value that we can get him on. And I think that's what you're going to get. And and I am looking forward to what the future holds with Jameis Winston at quarterback for this team is I think it's going to be him. Bills are still my Super Bowl favorite. If you want to go over the whole, we're gonna, I'll read the whole weekend now before we get into... The coaching carousel, and then some some EPL and, and and international soccer. Bills are still my Super Bowl favorite. I think the Bills are going to the Super Bowl. And I think the Bills are going to win it. I, I don't think there's anything slowing them down. I think Josh Allen is it, just much like Patrick Mahomes last year and the year before. It's just too unique in a sense that he's going to get it done. That's an athletic defense too. They can stop a lot of different quarterbacks. I mean, you saw what they did against Lamar. If you can do that to Lamar, think of what you can do against a pocket quarterback or. Not that they're going to play a pocket quarterback the rest of the way, because I'd assume, I assume, that it would be either Rodgers or Mahomes. I don't, I don't see Tampa going into, I don't see Tampa going to Lambeau and beating the Packers. But hey, hey, I've been wrong before. I was wrong twice this weekend with my two picks. So what do I know? Um, but the sec, and another thing to talk about this weekend, secondary backs or secondary backs. The amount of dropped interceptions I saw between the Rams, the Tampa game, the Saints game. Good lord, secondary backs. I guess they're secondary backs for a reason, right? Dropping interceptions left and right. Good Lord. It, oh, man, man. It just, I mean, hey, like I said, secondary backs are secondary backs for a reason. And people always joke, like, oh, that's where the secondary backs they can't catch. They were receivers that couldn't catch. I guess that holds true. Because, my God, none of them can catch. At all. I None. Not until Bree until just started throwing the ball around the park. That's when that happened. But... God damn. Uh, the, Mahomes, will he clear protocol? That's going to be the big question of the week. All eyes are going to be Patrick Mahomes. Can he clear the concussion protocols? Everybody else is pretty much setting what they're doing. Um, the Chiefs don't have Mahomes. They don't have a shot. And even if they do have Mahomes, I don't know. Um, it's going to be a hell of a game if they have Mahomes. But I still think the Bills would take it at this rate right now, the way the defense is playing and the way that they can play with Josh Allen at quarterback. 
Um, they're going to miss Zach Moss, though. But, like I said, if they don't have Mahomes, it's absolutely set in stone. The Bills are going to the Super Bowl. And then, finally, the but but the Chiefs, either way, are hosting that are hosting an AFC title game. Third straight year in a row that they're hosting the AFC title game. And the only other team to do it, the 2002-2004 Philadelphia Eagles, coached by also Andy Reid. Andy Reid, a damn good coach. And that's the coaching tree you want to graph it. Eric Bien, the teams that have missed on Eric Bien, I mean, we'll get into that. Like the Texans. I mean, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I wouldn't go. I, I would stay now. I, I would absolutely stay now. So we get into the, to the coaching thing now. If I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'd absolutely stay. I would not go to any of. I would not go to any, either the Eagles or the Texans. The two undesirable jobs. Urban Meyer for Jacksonville. If we're grading them, I'm going to grade them. I would say to C for Urban Meyer and Jacksonville. I I think that's. I don't think it's a bad signing. I don't think it's a good signing. Um, I think it's okay. You know, and C average grade. That's what it is. Um, can he do what he did at the college level in the NFL? We, we're not sure. We're not sure. Um, I think it'll be good that he has Trevor Lawrence coming there, and I think they might even be able to get Travis Etienne at the end. Um, I think they will have success with him. I just don't know if he takes them over the top. I, 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 his level, his style of coach, his level of coach. But then again, Jim Harbaugh had success in the NFL for a period of time, so it, it, we'll have to wait and see. I don't think it, I think it's a. I, I think it's an all right signing. I think it's going to be better than any signing that the Texans and the Eagles can make. Uh, because of the, the the state of their teams, I think as long as he has help from, help from the GM's office, I think the Jaguars will be better. CC plus for Urban Meyer. Um, I think I don't think he'll ever win a Super Bowl in Jacksonville. I don't think he'll. I don't know if he'll go to the playoffs with the Jaguars, but I do think he will develop Trevor Lawrence to a, to the level as to where their next head coach can really make a difference. I just don't know if it's going to be Urban Meyer that takes them to the promised land, but a pretty big contract, so. We'll have to we'll have to we'll have to hold and see. We'll have to hold and see. Um, Trevor Lawrence and all that and pre-draft. I'll have to get into it at a certain point. Not that it's much of a question. He's going number one. He's going number one to Jacksonville. Uh, the Jets hiring Robert Sala. I think that's a B plus. I don't think there were any A signings. To be fair with you, but I think Robert Sala. Borderline A minus. I think I, I think Salah easily the best signing of the winner because even with all the injuries to the defense this year, their defense was still one of the top ten in the NFL. The, the 49ers defense, great. He's able to work with so many different players, and also the expectation is he's going to bring a 49ers staffer that has also worked under Shanahan to to, to, to coordinate the offense. That's the understanding, right? So I wouldn't go for Justin Fields. I think it holds well for Sam Donald. If you can get a if you if you can get a defense that can, you know play well and give Sam Darnold good field position, I think, and then have a coordinator that can develop him, unlike Adam Gase, I think they'll be in good shape. I do I do think this holds well for the Jets. I don't know if it promises them the playoffs any period of time soon, but a 500 record next year is certainly in the cards of Robert Sala, and I think Sam Darnold's still staying there because I think they can trade down. There'll be a lot of suitors for that number two pick, and they can mix and match the way they need to do it. Um, the next one, the Falcons hiring Arthur Smith. I'll give it a B minus. Um, it's not a C. I guess it could have gone C plus, but Derrick Henry's had so much success under him as an offensive coordinator, and he's worked with Lafleur. Lafleur's had a lot of success coming from Tennessee. Uh, Vrabel's, you know, now Vrabel staff being picked. But just look at how good Derrick Henry's been. It's certainly anything is better than Dan Quinn at this point, but the Falcons, with the way that they look, not a desirable job. So I don't know how much success he's going to have, but I do like the way that he's managed that Tennessee offense with Ryan Tannehill. 
Matt Ryan much more t uh, talented than Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, they won't have Derrick Henry in Atlanta, but they, if he can develop a run game in Atlanta to support Matt Ryan, I think they'll be just fine. And Arthur Smith's going to have some connections for defensive coordinator as well because Vrabel's defense hasn't been that bad either in Tennessee. Uh, the Chargers hiring Brandon Staley. I think this is the second best signing uh, of any head coach in the league. Uh, Staley, very, very young, um, working underneath Sean McVay in L.A., but I, I like it for the charge. Be worried about the Justin Herbert thing and defense. I, they have a talented, talented team out there. They just haven't had any of the consistency that you want out of a talented football team like that. Derwin James, uh, Joey Boza. Staley's going to be very, very happy with, this, with, with, with what he has in this Chargers defense. And they have a talented offense. So he can bring one of the offensive coordinators that was brought, that's going to be brought over from the Rams. And he, I think for guys working under McVay, and I think that he's going to take care of Herbert as a quarterback. And I think that with that defense, the amount of talented players he has and what he was able to do this year with the with the Rams and staying out there, I think Staley is really going to have success with the Chargers. And I think the Chargers are a playoff team next year, hands down. Hands down right now, my way too early predictions. Hands down at least 10-6 and six in the Chargers next year with Staley at the helm uh, running that defense. And then Herbert... On offense, if, if the consistency is going to be a big, big change, and I think that the game management is going to be a whole lot better under Staley as opposed to Anthony Lynn. And now the last one, the Lions are expected to hire Dan Campbell. Seems like a safe signing. Um, it's different. It is different. I will give them that. Um, I don't know what the future holds this Lions team. Is Stafford still going to be the guy? What are they going to move in the draft? I I don't know. They just brought a new GM in, so I, I, I think I don't know if Campbell's a placeholder. I don't know if he, he, he's that guy. Uh, I think I'll have more success than Patricia. I think coming. I, I think the big thing is, is that if you bring in Campbell, you know that he's going to bring guys from the New Orleans system. He's going to bring guys that have worked under Sean Payton offensively, defensively. So I think that's I think that's why. I, and I don't think it's a again that's a C. I don't I don't think there's even any bad signing yet. I I, I think that the Tex I think the Texans and the Eagles will make one of those yet. I don't think there's been a bad signing yet. And I think there's been two really good ones in Staley and Robert Sala. I think Arthur Smith's been okay. I think it's an okay signing. I think Urban Meyer and Campbell are average signings. Um, but I think bad signings will come from the Texans and Eagles. I think Campbell, I think the belief is that Campbell will bring the right guys around and to surround him and at least keep the Lions in contention in a division that's really not going to have much competition between the Vikings and the Bears. I don't know what the future holds for them either. But it's not a bad hiring. I just think it's the safe one. They didn't take a shot. But I don't know what the future holds them. I don't know who they're going with. They don't really know their future at quarterback or a lot of their offensive positions. So they go for a guy like Biennemi with no weapons. I don't know if that's the right call. So if I'm Biennemi, I stay put. I said Brian. Brian Dabble, Gerard Mayo, Josh McDaniels, Biennemi, all guys are being interviewed and still floating around there. Um, if I'm Dabble, I stay put too. Neither of those jobs I, I would I would like to go to now that all the other ones are filled. I'm Dabble, and I'm the Bills. I'm excited that Dabble's staying for another year. And then Biennemi too. I'm, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm excited that Biennemi's staying another year. I don't think either of them will leave for those jobs. I think Biennemi would leave for the Texans under the, under the understanding that Deshaun Watson will stay, which is the next one we talk about. Is there a chance that he stays? Even if Biennemi goes there, I, I think they burnt that bridge. I think that they've absolutely burnt that bridge. I think San Francisco or Miami, the two leading spots, Garoppolo and Picks for Deshaun, or Tua and Picks for Deshaun, 
Bill O'Brien single-handedly crippled that organization. Single-handedly crippled the Texans organization. An absolute buffoon. Great, great, great coordinator. Not a bad college coach. But when it came to being able to be a GM and coach of the Houston Texans, absolutely butchered that team beyond repair now for a very long time. Uh, especially considering the fact that Deshaun Watson now wants out. And that relationship was definitely frayed with the way that he's handled a lot of business in the last couple of years. Um, San Fran would be a beautiful, beautiful fit for Deshaun Watson under Kyle Shanahan. But also I think that Brian Flores would love to have a Miami with the weapons there. And that would certainly shake things up in the AFC. But the NFC is really wide open. Because Aaron, I mean... Breeze, Brady getting up there. And there's really no one else to compete there. Russell Wilson, yes, but the Seahawks are, are still very handcuffed in what they do with the elder head coach. If Shanahan got the Sean Watson, it would absolutely open things up in the NFC between him and Aaron Rodgers. And damn, would that be would that be fun to watch if he went to San Fran? I hope he goes to San Fran. I do. I hope he goes to San Fran. That'd be great to watch if he went to San Fran. Um, but it, it, I don't think he will be a Houston Texan. I don't think he will be a Houston Texan. I think he's going to hold out. I think he's going to play as much hardball as he can, and he, and he can do so. And I, I think they will be moving on for Deshaun. And I think they're going to get a boatload for him. It's a matter of what they do with it. And I think it's worth it. If you're the, if you're the 49ers, you've been so close to the cusp. I think it's absolutely worth it going at Deshaun Watson with what you have. Listen, I love Jimmy G. I do. I think I think he's very good, and I think if no one, if, I, I think he's the starting quarterback of this team. If they don't get anybody, get anybody else except Deshaun, I wouldn't get anybody else except Deshaun to go over Jimmy G right now, because there's nobody else really available. Carson Wentz maybe, but no, I, Deshaun's much better than Carson Wentz, and you'd be more safe with Garoppolo. And why would you go for Wentz if he was injured? Uh, it's just as injury prone as, as Garoppolo is at the very least. I like Jimmy G. I think he's a solid QB, but if it comes to Deshaun Watson, I'm taking Deshaun Watson hands down. I mean, I think anybody with a brain would. Um, so San Fran looks to be the favorite. He's liking pictures, kind of flirting with him a little bit, but also Miami's still going to be in there too. And I wouldn't rule out New England either, but I don't know New England with all that cap space, what they will do. Um, Bill could be sneaky, sneaky and bring the Patriots right back to the fold, but I doubt it. San Fran has to be the favorite and I hope he goes to San Francisco. So next up on this podcast schedule, we get to suffer more or I get to suffer more because I watched Liverpool draw with Man United and after having 18 shots, dominating possession, having every single good opportunity to come to the game, still weren't able to put the ball in the back of the net. And it drops Liverpool to fourth, Man United sit top, Man City move all the way up to second um, with the game in hand on United after, as they trail by two points. Now, Liverpool scoreless in their last three games, United stay top, like I said. Thiago just... I, let's talk about it. Thiago does make just absolutely just change the playing field totally for Liverpool when he's in there. The defense is not the problem. It's the off and the offensive creation is not the problem either. I don't think creating offense is the problem. It's the finishing factor, and I think I honestly think that I don't think Liverpool is regretting the sale of Rian Brewster because they got so much for him and he has done so little for Sheffield United. I I think that they're not re- they didn't regret it, but it would have been nice to see Rian Brewster get his shot for this team, I think. I think that he could have done some things, especially now with the way... I mean, there's draws all over the footballing world. There's draws all over. Bundesliga, uh, Syria, I think players are just tired. I think players are run down from COVID and the way the scheduling was. I think players are really run down right now. Uh, but Thiago definitely proving his worth. Allison clutches can be in that. And you got Bruno Fernandez, who continues to be super, super in form. Um, 
I think, and if you want to talk about signings in the recent years that have made incredible impacts, Virgil van Dijk, obviously, for Liverpool, has been a big one. But I think Bruno's had even a bigger bigger impact on United than Van Dijk had on Liverpool. But both teams understood that they were lacking a certain thing, and both of those players have brought it in. I think Bruno's had more of an impact than Virgil had at Liverpool. But then again, to each in their own. I think Bruno's had more of an impact than Virgil has. Uh, Bruno's had more of an impact at United than Virgil had at Liverpool. Not to, not to, not, not to knock on Virgil, because Virgil's been great. If we won a Champions League and we won a Premier League, and still have a shot to win another Premier League, even without him this year. But I think, if anything, the I mean, Fabinho playing incredible at the back. Henderson, makeshift centre-back, playing well. But it takes away from the offense. They can't sit as high up as a line as they usually do because they're not natural defenders, not natural center backs. And it's affected, I think it's affected our chance creation and our ability to press going forward. And it showed again. I mean, I mean, but then again, we did, I mean, holding as much possession as we did, having as many opportunities as we did, and, and United still created the better chances. I just, not created the better chance, but took advantage of them more. We just couldn't, we just can't finish right now. I cannot finish, and I think we gratefully miss. Diogo Jota, and I cannot wait until Diogo Jota's back in. And it's at the point now where it, it, it's Firmino, yeah, and Firmino's a great pressing center forward, yes, but the links to Erling Holland and Mbappe, I would I would splash out the cash for Holland right now and flip Firmino, absolutely would. Erling Holland in this team would be absolutely immense, and I'm ready to make that move, and I have been for some time. I mean, Bobby does show up sometimes. He does in big, big moments, but... I'm pro Erling Holland. I'm I'm not I'm not getting rid of Bobby for anybody except Mbappe and Holland. Let's let's get that straight. I'm not giving him up for anybody except those guys. But what are the odds we get those guys? I don't know. Uh, Holland seems to be a pretty serious link, but who knows? Who knows? Holland would be. I I would give up Firmino for Holland right now. Not straight up, but I would allow him to take over that front not for that front front forward spot. If it was for Erling Holland or Mbappe, obviously, but I mean for Holland, really, truthfully, would be the only person I'd really be moving um, Firmino out of there for. Again, like I said, Bruno did what he could do. It was hard for United to really catch us on the counter. They did a couple times, and Fernandez is really just incredible in that midfield in terms of how he opens up the game with his passing. But Thiago was the same way for us. Shakiri didn't look too too bad. Um, Wijnaldum didn't look too too bad. Trent and Robertson again not playing too. That, that well, I mean, there was one break of play where Trent was able to switch the play to Robertson. He put in a good cross, and just we were unable to finish with it. But it's, it's just a finishing right now. It's the the lack of clinicalness in the finishing, and Man City seems set to go top. I mean, that's absolutely where we sit right now. Is Man City sit, uh, set to go top of the league, and both us and United just handing it over to um, Man City essentially. And then you got, like I said, City stomp Palace four four nil. I mean, two goals from John Stones. Raheem Sterling hitting the free kick. The beautiful goal from Ilkay Gundogan. And a lot of people's favorites right now are Man City. It looks like it's Man City's league to lose at this point, coming from Liverpool's league to lose, and which it looks like we're prepared to do it. If we cannot put the ball in the back of the net, it's going to be... Listen, I think we played incredible. I think every single aspect of the game, besides putting the ball in the back of the net, and it's never been an issue in the past, and I don't know where it's come from. But things need to change, and if we need to bring someone in the winter... I don't think that the defenders are the thing we have to worry about in the winter. I think it's more... Of the four, but if you can get a defender in there that allows us to play a high line once, you know, Firmino's back playing with Joe Gomez, I think you can play that high line once again. Maybe things will change, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, it's gonna be tough to bring in a center back because the second that Van Dyke's back, he's just gonna slide right to the bench unless you bring in a guy that is gonna take Joe Gomez's spot, which I think is a conversation to be had as well because of how many injuries Joe Gomez has struggled with. I think, I think that's a conversation to be had as well. 
should you bring in a, a center back to replace Joe Gomez because Joe Gomez can't consistently stay on the field for you. Conversations to be had, but I don't think anything's going to happen this window that will determine that that will be something that comes in the summer if it does happen. Um, Leicester City beating Southampton to go third, and then Chelsea squeezing by Fulham as well. Fulham having to get a red card, really, for Chelsea to get in that one. Lampard continued to struggle to get his team to play well. Timo Werner missing another huge chance, even even with the team already being up 1-0. Werner's missed, I think, 10, of 11 of, 10 out of 11 of his last big chances. Werner has not been able to tuck away. Coming off a year where he was in incredible form. It looks like Liverpool absolutely dodged the bill with it, given he might have looked different in our system. But I think for the price, Klopp said it was no. And now it's, it, we're reaping rewards from it. Um, the red card from Anthony Robinson. Anthony Robinson, the U.S. international, looking very, very good at that left wing back spot for Fulham, getting forward, creating chances, but also getting back defensively. Over aggressive with a tackle, clips Aspilicueta, um, and he sees red right before halftime. But as I said, Pulisic showed some spark. He's just been getting inconsistent minutes. He's so good, he just can't stay on the field. He's had a lot of muscle-related issues. And I, and I think Pulisic just, if he could stay on the pitch, he'd be absolutely a standard standard player in, in the starting 11. But he just hasn't played to that level yet because he's been hurt. He's just been hurt. That's really been it. And, you know, you, you, can't, you can't produce if you're not in the field, and he's not, he has not been on the field. But like I mentioned earlier, draws and upsets all over the football world. Is it is it just the timing of it? Is it that time of year where players get tired, or is it players tired from being in tired and worn down from COVID? Again, that's to each to each in their own on that one. There, it does it is 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 that the sense? Is that is that the sense of it? I, I'm not too sure. I think that COVID does have a lot to do with it, and and I do think that um, I think the timing of the year as well, too, because BPL doesn't get a winter break. But Man City's peaking at this time, too. So um, I, I think it has every. I think it's, it's certain teams just getting tired right now. But I also think COVID's worn a lot of them, too, because even City early in the season struggled. So those those struggles are going to come at different times. But I think a lot of it being related to how um, ready a team, how, how much a team can prepare. And with Liverpool's defensive crisis and unable to rotate certain players through, really has affected them, the fact they've been able to hang around. It might be more of a fight for the top four with the way the Liverpool's playing right now is than it will be a fight for a title. And, and I hate to say that as a Liverpool fan, but we've gone from going back-to-back titles and that being the problem to now it being a fight for the top four because we just cannot score right now. Cannot score. And defensively, it's not even a defensive issue. I don't even think we're getting blown out defensively. I mean, we played very well against United. Just cannot put the ball in the back of the net, and they need to fix that. And I think it'd even be more so to... I mean, we have Jota coming back too, so you can't really bring it forward yet until Jota's back from injury. So Liverpool really handcuffed right now. What it comes down to is just letting the players play through form. Jurgen Klopp just letting them play through it and breaking through at some point is going to be the big, big thing. And then the last thing I want to touch on is, is how right I was about Mikel Arteta. I, I, I might pull up the old clips of me talking about Mikel Arteta. I might not. I don't know. Eh. But when I call him a fraudulent manager, I do believe it. I mean, they are hanging still bottom half of the table right now. I mean, at least they've avoided getting dropping into the relegation zone. I didn't think that would be an issue. But he just cannot get what he needs to get out of the players. Can't. I mean, Mesut Ozil finally leaving now, um, mutually parting ways with their contract with, with Mesut Ozil. But I, it's just Arteta is not the man to lead Arsenal going forward. If they stay up this season, that's fine. I wouldn't make a change in season now. 
Um, I'd wait until the summer window to make that change. At the end of this season, I would part ways with Arteta um, because you're not, no matter who you have, you're not going to challenge for that any type of European football. It's a matter of just staying up. If, if, if you're in a genuine relegation fight, you'd have to make the change. But I think they'll be able to hang on the middle ground until they can make a change uh, around the end of the season to, to the summer. And I think that will happen. I don't think Arteta will go any longer than this season at Arsenal. And I think I was right about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well. I think Ole still... I think tactically can be outplayed often, but um, I, I stuck with Ollie for a while, more so than I think even a lot of United fans have, and not because I'm a Liverpool fan and I want him to fail there, but because I do think he gets a lot out of the players, and those players showed up in that game again today. I mean, they didn't break through with any goals, but he does get a lot out of his players in those big games, and he has United challenging for a title, no matter what you want to say about Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. He has United challenging for a title right now with players like Pogba, who says they don't even want to be there getting a lot out of Bruno Fernandes, uh, getting a lot out of Marcus Rashford. So I, I, I do think that Ollie's still at the wheel, and I still think United even I still think United are in good hands. I still think United are in good hands with Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. I know I changed my tune a little bit last on the podcast, saying might be time to move on, and if you're going to do it, it has to be like Julian Nagelsmann. Um, I wouldn't do it for anybody else. Like who's, who, who are you going to get this better out there than, 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 than Ollie? You know, Nagelsmann's out there. Jesse Marshall's out there. Um I'd say that Ollie is still, right now, your guy if you're Man United. I think he absolutely is. Pochettino moving on to Tottenham. I wouldn't have gone for Poch. Um, I, I like Pochettino, and I think he's going to have success with PSG. Will he win a Champions League with him? I don't know. That's really the only thing to telltale. It's a Farmers League. So really, the only thing that's going to be telltale enough is going to be, can he win the Champions League? He went to a Champions League final with Tottenham. I think he's got more talent at PSG. We'll, we, we will see. If you have Neymar and Mbappe, if you can go to the Champions League Final with Hingman's son and Harry Kane and Lucas Moore. And then uh, when you have Angel Di Maria, um, Kylian Mbappe, Mauro Cardi, and Neymar, you should be able to win it, right? You'd imagine. So um, he's playing Marquinhos as center back. He's made a couple of changes there right off the bat, which I think I'm happy with it. I think PSG will be happy with it. I mean, they already won a trophy there that they were set to win anyways, and I think it's a good signing for, for PSG. But yeah, to get back onto my point, um, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, like I said, I had faith in him for a long time and I stuck with him. I'm glad Man United have too because it really shows that they're hitting hitting a good... I mean, they just they don't lose on the road. You know, they're very... They may not win every game on the road, but they, they really have been able to solidify. You know what you're going to get with them. There is a process there now that you can see with Man United. They're not going to get beat and they're going to hit you on the count. They're not going to let you beat them with anything that they, they can't control and they're going to quickly get in the counter and they're going to maintain their form at the back and they're going to let Fernandez do a lot of work in that midfield. That's it. The, 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 count, the, the, the aggressiveness they have in the counter, Cavani can be very good at front of Martial, but Rashford, they're just going to put the games in the hand of Greenwood, Rashford, and Bruno Fernandez and Paul Pogba. That's really what they're going to do, that diamond midfield, and just let Fernandez free roam and put players in just the right place, the right place, the right time, and the ability to score. Now, to touch on more world football, 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 um, Barcelona losing the Supercopa final to Athletic Bilbao. Messi seeing a red card. I believe first time in his career, right? Messi seeing the red card there. Um, let's talk about Inaki Williams would be a fantastic Premier League signing. I think. I think the striker for Bilbao looks amazing. I think. I think. Physically, physically, he would suit the role of a lot of Premier League teams. He can finish. He's creative. He's skillful. And I think that Anaki Williams would be a fantastic Premier League signing 
for a team like, let's say, West Ham. West Ham, you need a striker right now to break the nets off. I'd even say pairing him up front with Vardy for Leicester City um, would be not a bad deal. And I think even even Tottenham signing in the pair him up with Harry Kane and moving Hangman's son to the right wing or, or play Hangman's son in behind could also be an option for them. But I think Anaki Williams is bound to make a Premier League move. Maybe even Wolves, too, pair him up with Raul Jimenez. You never know. Um, I think it's bound for him to be making a Premier League move in the near future. Uh, VAR, again, in that game, VAR all over. Just I totally forgot about the halftime whistle that totally changed the Liverpool game. We're clear through on goal, and the referee just blows the whistle before it even hits the extra time mark. Totally changes the totally changes the momentum swing of the game there before halftime. Still, like I said, we had pl- they had plenty of chances to score goals in the second half and should have taken them. But when it rains, it pours. I guess if you're a Liverpool fan, especially, um, and, and it does not look good right now. Like I said it's be more of a fight for top four right now. It looks like be, to be more of a fight for finishing in a Champions League place than it is to finishing in first for the title. I hate to say it, but it's true. It's absolutely true right now uh, for Liverpool, and that's coming from me, a Liverpool fan. Uh, but like I said, back to the Barcelona game. Uh, incredible comeback for Val. There's some really incredible goals in this one. The VAR check that totally changed the outcome, for, almost changed the outcome for Bilbao, totally changed the momentum of the game. What happened to clear and obvious... There's just so... It's none of it's clear and obvious anymore. None of it. None of it is clear and obvious. Like, in the NFL, like, a lot of times, if it's a rule in the original way in the field, it, if it does, if there's not enough overturnable evidence, it, this would be our thing. It, they're looking so minutely at everything, breaking out protractors and rulers and drawing right angles and... For, just... Ah, to change outcomes of the game so, so... They dig so deep into, like... Just this much of a difference. This much of a difference. It, it, everything in slow motion looks bad, especially at, at that at that level. And clear and obvious is the big thing. And they, I just don't think they follow suit with that with VAR. Uh, but Messi getting the red card, and I think it just shows for how frustrated he is with Barcelona, how frustrated he is right now. Never been more frustrated, I think, in his career with the way that he got that red card, slapping the dude in the back of the head, like just open handed him with, the, with like the palm of his hand, just pow, right in the back of the head. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I guess I'll, I'll link it, or I guess I could just. Put it in the video too. Edit over this. Um, absolutely pounded him in the back of the skull with an open hand, and Bobal comes back to win that one. And I think Messi's time at Barcelona is up. It's either him or Komen. Um Maybe if they could convince Louis Enrique to come back, maybe they'd have a shot. But I think that um, it, it, Messi could be PSG bound. Really could be truthfully be PSG bound or, or call it quits. I mean, he might even just say he's had an, an enough at, at this level of at this level of play. Uh, because of how frustrated he is at Barcelona right now. Um, and it, it's been since that Roma comeback, since they fall to the Roma, and then even more so when they fall, they fell to Liverpool the way they did. That team has been broken since. And I feel bad because Serginho Dest has had a real good run there right back for them. But Jordi Alba is certainly past his prime to move on. Two of those goals in that game uh, coming as a fall to him. It just all around. Suarez moving on and having great success with Atletico Madrid. The Greer has been signing... Uh, not really panning out. Them almost having to flip Frankie de Jong because they're not going to make enough income to meet financial fair play it is not a good time right now to for for, for FC Barcelona. Not a good time at all. I mean, Real struggled as well too. The best, the best, the best team in Spain are Atletico Madrid. Luis Suarez, Diego Simeone, they really have something good going for them there, and I mean, really put together a system that they can succeed with. 
and consistently can succeed with over time, no matter who's there. So, last couple things to touch on. The NHL has started up, obviously. I'm not a big NHL, NHL guy. I used to be not a huge NHL guy. Don't really know enough about it, but I will touch on certain things when they come up. Uh, the NBA, I'm going to talk about Wednesday for sure. Certainly going to talk about the NBA Wednesday when I record this. Uh, like I said, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is going to be the new deal. It might mean some of the podcasts are shorter in that 50-minute range, but it all depends. It all depends. Monday, Wednesday, Friday for sure are going to be the talking points. Midweek, you know, weekend previews, the midweek news, and then the weekend reviews on Monday and setting up the week. So, um, like I said, the, I, so the new schedule, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, I will be streaming on my other channel tonight. I want to start streaming this more, streaming more games and such on this one. Uh, it's had a lot of success doing it. Brandon Menny's at 1.6 thousand views. Big shout out to you guys for that one. I uh, had a lot of success with that one. But I will be streaming tonight over on my other channel, uh, Rufus HD on YouTube and Twitch. I think it's Rufus Entertainment. Um, like I said, all that will be linked in the description below. If you give me a follow on Twitch and if you could give me a subscription to YouTube, that would mean the absolute world to me. Now, a lot of times when I'm streaming on Twitch, I'm doing a lot of recording of that and then posting it. FIFA career modes, Madden career modes, uh, even NBA career modes. I'm doing a lot of sports-related gaming. But even then, too, when I'm streaming, Battlefront 2. Probably going to be streaming Battlefront 2 or Zombies tonight. And just, and just shooting it, just hanging out, doing whatever I need to do. Just just, ha just having fun with it. That's more or less. But I want to separate the two crowds. It's very diverse in, in, in gaming and people that appreciate this. This is specifically a sports podcast, sports videos. That's what you're going to expect here. And if you, have, if you enjoy the gaming scene and all that, you can go follow me over there as well. Like I said, I'll link all of that in the description for you guys below and up in the right corner of the video as well. Just some ads to close it out once again. Vins Organics, you're probably overpaying for CBD oil and CBD products right now. But if you have muscle pain, soreness, bruises, anything like that, Vins Organics produces a safe, herbal, and good-smelling blend to help you beat that and beat the cbd prices check them out at vinsorganics.com i'll leave a link in the description for that also elite athletic gear uh athletic gear made by athletes for athletes i've used it throughout my life headbands sleeves uh compression leggings necklaces bracelets they got everything like i said by athletes for athletes get your use the code rufus rundown for 15 percent off your order and then obviously too ethan sues the design if you want to go Check out him. I'll have all his information below. He needs sponsors for his race car this season. He's a great young man. Really talented graphic designer as well. If you need any graphic design work, but also talented racer, an even more talented human being, go check out Ethan's work, Ethan Souza Design, and help him out in any ways you can. That's all the time I have in this one. I don't think I missed anything. I think I hit everything in my notes. If you believe that I missed everything, let me know on Twitter or on Instagram. I... My handles will uh, are Rufus, at Rufus Rundown on Twitter, at Rufus Rundown on Instagram, the Rufus Rundown Facebook page, and then also my personals are at LucasJ16 on Twitter, and then official LucasJ Ferreira on Instagram. That's where you can be able to find most of my other YouTube are going to be linked to those two accounts for Rufus HD and like Rufus Entertainment, I believe it is, on Twitch. Like I said, those will be coming. I will be streaming tonight, and I will be getting this out as soon as possible. Happy Monday, everyone. Happy retirement, Drew Brees. That's really all I got for this one. If I miss anything, you want me to talk about anything on Wednesday? Let me know. But it's your boy Rufus, signing off.